Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of the Saddle Up Show with Shy and Destin. Feeling a little rejuvenated coming off for bye week although we didn't have a bye week we still came at you guys two times a week as per usual i'm with my co-host my guy destin adams yeah it would have been nice to have like a bye week like the nfl you know to be on a beach somewhere just just taking it in not not when it wasn't our story wasn't our story i was still here in central indiana in the cold it it doesn't get it doesn't get all that cold out there uh down there in louisiana now does it no uh actually we really probably have about one season of i mean one month of true winter uh here but what's the weather been like this last week um today like for example right now it's it's about 73 oh yeah it's It's in the 70s all the time pretty much it's been low mid 30s the last week it's it's been low mid 30s here it's 35 degrees outside right now um, outside of my home, and it looks like weather-wise in Central Indiana is going to be we're, we're going to warm up a little bit this week. We'll be high forties um, throughout this week. Yeah, no, we're. Uh, I don't know if you can see that, but yeah, wow, seventy-five, seventy, eighty. Did that say that you're going to have an eighty-two day soon? Yeah, 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 coming up. Wow, right, wow, yeah, man. Uh, it's always hot. So, but so, in the summertime, is absolutely brutal. Especially when you have a job where your truck doesn't have an air condition. So that's the struggle. But enough about our, our weather, enough being meteorologists. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, several fronts that we can actually start on. Let's start on with something that happened most recent. Um, T.Y. Hilton signing with the Dallas Cowboys. What was your initial thoughts when you first saw the news that uh, Adam Schefter, I believe, was the was the one that broke it? Um, what was your initial thoughts, though? Um, I was shocked. I just kind of felt like it was going to be one of those red shirt years for Ty. I didn't think he was going to go out. I thought he was going to find a spot next year and end it off. But what a deal, man! Uh, I saw Tom Pelissero just put out the financial side of it. Um, if he hits all his in-game incentives, it's a max value of one point five million for the last four weeks and the playoffs. I mean, for this late of a signing to get nearly two million dollars, that's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. So, be good for Ty. Yeah, man. I mean, four games and a playoff run, uh, Cowboys. I know they haven't fared well lately in the playoffs in recent memory, but this year I think they're built to make a a deep playoff run. They tried. They tried to lose to the Texans this last week. Oh man! Oh they man! Tried as, they tried their darndest. 
they they almost blew that game, but that was one of those games where you know how it just seemed like everything's going wrong that could go wrong. Your muffin punts, uh, the ball going through your receiver's hands, getting picked off, and it's just everything that could go bad for the Cowboys literally went bad in that game. But uh, the Texans didn't help us out, but a couple more teams this weekend decided to help us out. The Carolina Panthers being one, scoring a huge, huge victory over the Seattle Seahawks. And the other one was, who was the other one, Destin? The Jacksonville Jaguars decided to take it. Division game. Ooh, Tennessee, man. That was in Tennessee too, right? Their fans yeah. got to their fans got to watch that butt whooping up close and personal. And I know Colts fans won't like to hear this. Trevor Lawrence is kind of coming on right now. Tre- He's Tre- looking Tre- like a dude, man. Tre- Trevor Lawrence is starting to look comfortable. I think that's He's been looking the like biggest. A dude. That's been the biggest issue with Trevor his early in his career, at least. Is he just has never looked comfortable back there? He hasn't looked like that, that college Clemson Trevor Lawrence that we always saw, where he was always calm, cool, and collected. He just he's just felt really nervous through this first year and a half. Yeah, but I want to say week. It's been since week nine, week nine that he's he he has had ten touchdowns and zero picks. Man, he's been he, he's been looking like a stud. Uh, I believe it was two games ago when he had a monster full quarter and, and he had a big victory in, in a in a big time game. But the Jacksonville, it seems like as the Titans are, are declining, the Jacksonville Jaguars are rising, and I'm not happy about it. You know, once the Colts get this situation, the quarterback situation figured out, we can start joining these teams in these conversations. We're pretty stagnant right now until that happens. We currently sit in the seventh position and depending on what happened tonight with the Arizona Cardinals and the new England Patriots, the Colts can slide up as high as six tonight, but with Kyler Murray going down, it's not looking very, very likely. Yeah. So, pr- pr- prayers up for Kyler. The, the early, sure. indi- the early indications for that look like a serious knee injury. You hate to see that in sports, hate to see that for a guy like Kyler. So prayers up for whatever this injury is and whatever the recovery is that he's able to get through that well. But we're still hoping for a Cardinals win. When you guys listen to this, we're hoping that the Colts are in that sixth draft spot because the Cardinals are able to pull off the win against the New England Patriots. So a big Colt McCoy fan today, um, rooting for him. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the Jaguars-Titans situation is we were celebrating the Jaguars winning, obviously, for – obvious reasons draft spot but then when you like sit back and look at it and we're third in the afc south like if if we would have talked about being third in the afc south before this season started uh i would would have bet that the quarterback and the offensive coordinator got fired um i would have i would have guessed that there were some fires um one of them being chris strasser uh that's gonna be an that's gonna be a weekly thing now yeah yeah. We're, we're going to find a way to get Chris Strasser's name in an episode. And if we don't, mm. then someone needs to let me know because I'll be very disappointed in myself. But I, <laughs> I, it's just a weird reality. Like We were celebrating it, but we have officially fallen to third in the AFC South after that. Yeah, man. Sad to see. Disappoint, disappointment of a season. Um, I'm sure we'll have a question that encapsulates some of that and we get to talk about it. Uh, right before we get to questions, I just want to say one thing, Destin. I want a social media quarterback. 
bro, I, I think I, I tweeted this out yesterday, but whoever is the social media quarterback of this draft class, that's who the Colts need to draft. Whoever that is. <laughs> um, Me, one of those social media quarterbacks. God I, damn it. I, I want I want a quarterback that has ESPN workers being so upset that they make raps about me. That, that, that's that's the kind of quarterback I want the team to select. Um, I, I put the tweet out there. The only two options that I was getting in the comments were Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. Early on, I mean, we'll probably talk about this a little bit today and throughout the off season. But it feels like the early on debate for this off season is the Will Levis crowd and the Anthony Richardson crowd. Like that that feels like that's going to be the civil war Colts fans are going through this offseason. We always have one. It it, it always happens. But right now that's where it funny. looks like. You know what's funny? I I really don't want to get too far in the weeds with this because I I know me and you can end up going and we have uh quite a few questions we need to get to. But I'll just say this real quick. It's funny how everyone has turned on CJ Stroud so quick. Very fast. Very, very. Very, I'm going to say this. Personally, I would still be, I I would be happy with CJ Stroud. I would be elated. I would be (laughs) elated if CJ Stroud was the pick still. I mean, we'll we'll get into draft rankings throughout this offseason. All right. But I I, I do agree. The CJ Stroud turn has been very fast. Um, I'd be shocked if he's not a top two quarterback taking this draft. Like, I. I don't care what insane. the I don't care what the smoke that's being said right now. I would be shocked if he didn't go top two. And if he doesn't, and the Colts take him, let's ride. Follow to him. Hey, the, the last man to say let's ride has officially been cursed. Okay. Uh, first question. Our first question is from our man Ted Weenie. Uh, Ted Weenie. I'm <laughs> read the. Uh, his ad name is at Ted Weenie NZ. And I'm going to read the disclaimer before we say it. He said, guys, in case you rate my my handle, the NZ is for New Zealand. You've got listeners all over the world. So shout out to Ted out there in New Zealand, man. I would have never guessed that the NZ at the end of Ted Weenie was New Zealand. So I appreciate you for letting us know. You know, uh, I'm going to go ahead and normally I, I defer to Destin and let him go first. I'm going to go ahead and jump out, jump out with a seven. I got a seven for this. I love the name. I love the fact that he's from New Zealand, of course. And, and he listens to us, which is, this is a half-point bump in my book. Yeah, I'm biased. So what? Yeah, so Ted Weenie, New Zealand. My usual score for first name, last name is six and a half. I'm going to go seven for the New Zealand love, showing respect to where you're from. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to say if Weenie is your last name, I am sorry for you. And I... <laughs> Can't imagine the kind of childhood you had with that last name, um, but I'm, I'm gonna go with seven. That's hilarious. All right, so let's see what Ted, Ted's question is. He said, "Rank your favorite free agent possibilities: Orlando Brown." So I guess we'll do A, B. I guess we'll do one through five. So are, are we? Ra- so is this him giving his favorite, or are we ranking the ones he's given us? We're ranking the ones he's given us. Okay. Um, and and. For a couple of these, he, I guess he put in parentheses, just kind of like a why he put him on the list. Orlando Brown, Lamar Jackson, Yannick Ngakwe, Marcus Davenport, because he's cheap, and Elton Jenkins, guard. You want to go? Sure. Um, 
I feel like one has to be Lamar. I I say, mean, so Lamar is number one. He's not going to touch the market. Just, just going to no, be honest with won't. you, Ted. He won't at all. Um, but for giggles, sure. Lamar is number one. I would go Jenkins, too, because I think he's a stud. Um, I would go Yannick three because he's kind of bought into the indie market. And I feel like you could probably get a discount with a guy like that right now. I'm going to go Marcus Davenport four. I see the cheap hashtag. I don't think he's going to be cheap. And I'm going to put Orlando Brown. I I don't think Marcus Davenport is going to be. Cheap. I just think the production haven't been there for him. Like I I really like him, and I know him personally. My brother coached him at UTSA. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually the first first round in UTSA history. Just a little fun fact. I but, I, um, I think it's a little crowded there. Like I I think mm-hmm. I think there's there's a situation where he could go somewhere else and get snaps right away. And like this season, he has a half sack. That that's pretty bad. A half. Sack that, this that, season. That is pretty bad. In my experience with edge rushers hitting the market, even guys that don't play That's the true. edge and then get translated to it, it just feels like they don't end up going for cheap. And he has all the traits that you're going to want that a coach is going to want. Oh no, yeah, physically he's he's gifted. He's, he's but if that kind of, it, I also had no idea that his production was that low. To be candid with you, to have a half sack on the season so far. But again, I do think if he goes somewhere else, he could have production. So I'm going to put him forward just because of that. And I am not an Orlando Brown guy. Um, so really, I'm, I'm I was put, shocked to see you have him so low on your list. I, I'm going to put Orlando five. I, I just think he takes snaps off like a lot. Um, where there'll just be mm. situations where you just can tell he is not putting that effort in and just taking it off. I also think the market he's going to value at and the fact that I don't like him are, are going to play into it a little bit. But, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not an Orlando Brown fan. I don't know if I've ever tweeted that out, but I'm just not a big fan of his game. I, I don't think he is a top 10 tackle and he's going to get top 10 tackle money because that's how I'm, it works. I'm not mad at that. I, I would just have him uh... – I will have him second on this list just based off how big of a need it is for the coach. But I also have him on the list of people the coach will never sign. The coach just wouldn't up the kind of money that Orlando Brown's going to command at that position when you're allocating so much money to the position room already. So that's why um, I have him at two because I, I, I think he's that good. I think he's I think he can be a, a perennial pro bowler type of guy. But uh, third, I will definitely have um, – I will have Elton Jenkins. Uh, I think he's absolute stud. Uh, like, it, and the need at, at guard that the coach or center, a, right? Either you, you're right. I forgot about that. I forgot about his versatility. Really play, play all three interior positions. So, I just think he's a hell of a player. Anyway, uh, I think he's a Pro Bowl, All Pro type type of player. Um, probably gonna gonna cost a little bit of money, but. He's worth it. He's absolutely worth it if you get a guy like that on your interior. Ryan Kelly's in a different jersey if Elkin Jenkins is brought absolutely. in. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 1000%. So, uh he would be he would be third for me. Um Yannick, Yannick would be fourth. I really like the way he's been playing as of late. If I can get the second half of the season, Yannick and Gakwe, uh sign me up. I'm all for it. I do think he got off to a slow start and was playing pretty poor, but he has t- turned it up a notch. Um, and Marcus Davenport would just be would be my number five, just because the production is so low. 
Like I said, from a physical standpoint, he has all the traits and abilities that you want. But 21 sacks in five years, it's just, it's not going to, you know, you got to do something. You know, maybe a one-year prove-it kind of deal just to see if he can get that big season out of him. Then maybe you tag him or something like that. But that's pretty much how I would rank it. Uh, The Lamar thing goes without saying, of course. He's my number one. Yeah, Lamar is like one slash like in his own tier in that, yeah. that conversation. Yeah, he'll never see the light of day as far as the open market. Second question here, we don't have to rate this at. We have had the privilege of hearing from Ruben at the underscore Rubo before. His question, what do y'all think? So he's given us two options of a head coach quarterback pairing for this offseason. Head okay. coach Jim Harbaugh. With Anthony Richardson as the quarterback, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna. So I know this isn't his question, and I'm gonna switch it. So he puts the same quarterback on both sides. I think it'd be more fun if we put a different quarterback on the other side to like have this debate. Mm-hmm. So he put head coach Jim Harbaugh with Anthony Richardson. So I'm gonna keep that the same. Or damn you, damn you, damn you. Or head coach D'Amico Ryan's. With a great offensive coordinator, that's a very interesting caveat. A great offensive coordinator, and Anthony, and then he said Anthony Richardson as quarterback again. I'm going to switch it, and I'm going to say Will Levis. I think those are the two that are probably the most talked about right now. So let's put them on both sides. So Harbaugh with Richardson, or D'Amico Ryan's with Will Levis. Hmm. And you can say which one you'd like the most. And then if you want to do the second part, or you could say which one you think is more likely. Okay. Like, I'm going to take option B. If I can have this, if I can have Brian Johnson, uh, the Eagles quarterback coach as my OC, I, I would definitely take that combination. I just believe in his ability to develop a quarterback. I think that would be more beneficial than having Jim Harbaugh and not knowing who my OC is because he doesn't specify OC with the first one, right? No, he does not. Which I'm assuming so, Harbaugh would be. He would take a very heavy aspect of that, though. But absolutely. So I wouldn't know who my who's my defensive guy going to be. My defensive coordinator uh, with this with this way with option B, I get the defense covered with D'Amico Ryan's. I get a great offensive coordinator with Brian Johnson. And I get a guy that that I think has a ton of upside and can make all the throws in Will Levis. Uh, I have some questions about, you know, what he does when he's pressured and, and processing and things like that. But I, I, but I like Will Levis a lot, so I, I'm not mad at that option. I think he has a higher floor than Anthony Richardson, me personally. I know there's a lot of debate about, you know, mobile quarterbacks and, and what just pure running quarterbacks can do, pure dual threat guys, and, and I like all of it. I, I like the debate. I like the talk that's going on because I educate myself on both sides of the spectrum. I, I like the mobile quarterbacks, but I also like the pure pocket passes too. But I'm going to go with option B. Which one are you going to go with? Um, I'm going to go A. I'm going to go A. I think Harbaugh, we've seen him as a head coach. We've seen mm-hmm. him with quarterbacks. And I feel like we're starting to see it at Michigan even that he's starting to get the most out of his quarterbacks a little bit at Michigan, which is nice to see. 
And I just think Harbaugh is like that leader of men, and we've seen him do it in the NFL. I know the San Francisco tenure like ended a little rocky, but there was a lot of things going on in San Francisco that people that is not in the public eye as much near the end of it. That would be an interesting conversation to have with people if they knew the entire story of what mm-hmm. went down there at the end. Mm-hmm. But that's a story for another day. Maybe if yeah. Harbaugh, maybe if Harbaugh's hired, we'll, we, we can go into that stuff. But yeah, um, and. Anthony Richardson, to me, if you put Levis and Richardson next, because that's that, that's the big thing for me. I think Harbaugh and D'Amico Ryan's it's like a coin flip for me, because mm-hmm. both of those guys, huge leader of men, guys that players are going to want to play for, got both guys who get the most out of their specialty on the football field. So there'd be no complaints to me, um, as long as you do get that offensive mind that you can be able to start building around this quarterback you get. But the difference for me is going to be Richardson Levis. I like both of them. Uh, it's, it's not a situation where I'd be upset if either of them were the Colts quarterback next year, but I just see more upside with Anthony Richardson. I see a guy who I think could be in that elite category of quarterbacks in the NFL. If the right guy gets a hold of him and molds him into what he needs to be. Um, I think he's the kind of guy that can change a franchise and do it. Um, over a few seasons and make it take us to where we want to be. Uh, I think Will Levis is going to be just as much of a project. I don't think people will talk about it as much, but I think there's still going to be a lot of things that need to be coached out of him that are not being discussed, like decision-making, especially situational football, situational um, things like that, that are going to have to be fixed if he's going to succeed at the next level. Um, and I think, Anthony Richardson might be just a little bit more mature as in the pocket than Will Levis at, at this moment in time. So that that's why I'll slide lean that way. I'll lean Harbaugh Richardson. That makes sense. That makes sense. I'm not mad at that. Uh, I just wanted to interrupt this broadcast to tell you the Cardinals have taken a 13 to seven lead over the new England Patriots off a 10 yard touchdown run by James Conner. All right. Moving on to our next question. Shout out to the Rubo, too, by the way. Uh, We have one from, this is a new one, Austin Aim at Austin underscore, or is it Ahem? That would be clever. Pretty clever. Austin underscore EHM12. Um, What are you giving that at? You're on mute, Destin. Thank you. You know, I think it's like a once a week thing. I like to pause for a dramatic effect, but one hundred percent. First name underscore last name twelve. Um, so first name last name standard six and a half underscore and numbers. So I'm gonna drop you down to a six. Nothing personal, mm-hmm. Austin. Um, just just not a big underscore fan. Um, looks like he's a big cigar guy. Looking at his profile picture, and that cigar mm-hmm. is humongous. Um, so I need it. He, I need it. he is a bigger man than I will ever be because um, I will not ever attempt to uh, smoke any cigar that large. She couldn't do it. Nah, that, that cigar. I'm a, I'm a baby. Abnormally large. I, I'm a cigar. Uh, I'm attempting to become a cigar connoisseur. I'm on my way. I haven't quite mastered it yet, but I, I'm in the process. Um, okay, his question is, if Ballard is retained, what are the odds he doesn't take a quarterback with potentially a top five draft pick. Oh, if the, boy. If the caveat is we're a top five pick, then I would say the odds are like 
less than a percent. Because at that point, you're in a situation where the cost to move up would be less than what you normally would see to have to trade up. As well as I would be shocked if more than three quarterbacks go in the top five, because there are some dogs in this draft class that are also going to have to hear their names called. Will Will Anderson (laughs) is a football guy. Like if you just like people are going to fall in love with him through the draft process. Jalen Carter is going to be really fun at the next level. He's a dude. There's multiple corners in this class that teams that need corners could go after, and you're seeing a lot of success of corners getting drafted in the top ten and playing well immediately over the last few years. So th- there's just going to be so many other guys that are going to get drafted that if you have a top five pick, which I think people don't understand how – because all likelihood points that the Colts are going to win at least one game down the stretch. Yeah. And once we enter that five-win threshold, we are going to fall – significantly farther than people think in this draft um far so if i had to guess you win one more game we'll probably end up in that like seven to nine range Mm -hmm. instead of a top five so that's a different story whereas maybe four quarterbacks go off before you pick at nine and then you have to make a decision and i think that would be a different situation than only two quarterbacks being off the off the board when you're picking and you don't take one. Um, I, I just don't think Ballard can survive not taking a quarterback. So if it's a top five pick, less than a percent. Yeah, uh, I'm going off the caveat as well that he's saying a top five draft pick, and I think it's absolutely no no chance of him passing up quarterback at that particular time. You know, the Colts don't draft this high typically. This is a kind of a one-time thing. With this roster, I think it has the ability to be a, a kind of a one-time thing. The Colts are picking this high. I, I really think unless you're getting a, a, a young quarterback and throwing him out to the Wolves next season, this team will be better, of course, than it is right now. So I, I really think you got to strike while you have the opportunity. These opportunities come so rare for good franchises. You know, uh, the Eagles are, are going with this. They have somebody else's pick, so they're going to have the rare chance of actually competing in a season and being a Super Bowl contender and possibly having a top five draft pick. Uh, the league just doesn't work that way. You know, it's not often you get those opportunities. So if the Colts have a chance to select in the top five, you got to kind of get your guy and and secure that. Next question coming from Ethan E. I think this is a first time Twitter question that we're going to be reading. So this will be an at we get a rate as well. Okay. Um, This is G E Estrada seven. Whoa. Read that to me one more time. G E E S T R A D A seven. So it, Oh, Gistrata. Gistrata seven. Gistrata seven. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna give him a six and a half. I, I like Gistrata seven. I'm sure seven has significant value to him. I don't quite know what it is, but it seems like uh he got his name. Anytime you get your name, you know, you keep it you keep it simple. Throw the seven on the end of it. Just try to probably take probably was taken. So I understand that. I'm not mad at that. I gave it a six. Hello, I'm Neilai Patel, the editor in chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. 
We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Um, I think I'm going to go six as well. I don't know what Gestrata is. I may, I may just not be aware so I'm trying to think of like what that could mean, um, but I'm just not. I just don't know. Gestrata seven. I'm gonna go six. Like, I'm gonna assume cool. his name is Ethan Estrada. That's why uh, I said Ethan E. That would make sense. Yeah. And I'm, then then I'm just really curious of what the G is. His name is Greg Ethan Estrada. <laughs> <laughs> it may maybe maybe, but I'm gonna go shot six. In the, shot in the dark. Okay. I'm gonna go this six with a this... lot of questions in my head, but <laughs> if the Bears stay in the top three and the Colts okay. are behind other quarterback teams, do you think they will be a liable trade up option? And what do you think it would cost? So two part. Uh, so okay. Uh, to answer one, yes, I, I think the Bears are a liable trade up partner. But but the scary thing is they're not just a viable trade up option for us is <laughs> a viable trade-up option for everybody else in the NFL. And if some team gets desperate enough, you know, or wants one of those guys bad enough, they're going to send a haul for that number two pick. And that's what kind of scares me about just banking on the Bears to to trade us their pick. I, I know people talk about the Eberflus history and everything, and yeah, that's true, but I just wouldn't hang my hat on banking on trading up with a team when you don't you don't necessarily control that. You know, I like to hang my hat on things I control, and, and that's not something something you control. Uh, and the cost, I can't really answer the question about the cost because it it all depends on where you're selecting. You know, where you're picking. If you gave me a caveat based off where we were picking at, uh, then I'll be able to give you a, a kind of a what it would cost the value of how many spots we're moving and give you some uh, prior history, what happened in the past based off where we're picking at and what it took for those guys in those slots to move up. So I can't really answer that per se, but I just know it'll be a lot. If, especially if we're picking in a nine or 10 range and we're trying to go to two, it's going to cost a pretty penny. So hopefully we stay hovering around this seven and six, five mark and, 
and it won't cost us as much. You know, maybe maybe a future first to get it done, pretty much. I think the situation that could help the Colts, first of all, they're they're a viable trade option because you would assume. I mean, early on in the year, there were questions on if this new staff would want to roll with Fields. I think mm-hmm. Fields has shown enough ability, especially in the run game, that he's in that top tier of mobile quarterbacks now. And then it's just going to take making him a more consistent passer. Um, I think he's shown enough though, where this front office is going to buy into him being the guy. So I don't think you have to worry about that anymore. Um, so they're, I think them trading back just makes a lot of sense. Cause this bears team is bad. This, this bears team has holes all over the place. So you could take just Will Anderson at two or three and roll with that and be happy with it. Or you could trade back, hopefully build up some more picks uh, for this year and next year, which is going to also be a really good class in 2024, um, and be able to kind of help fill those spots as you do. Um, I think the thing the Colts would have in their favor over other teams would be that if they do end up being in that five to seven range, that you can trade back and still get one of those elite prospects because of how many quarterbacks may go off the board. Um, so who knows how far Willie Anderson or um, Jalen Carter, Carter or those mm-hmm. kind of guys fall because of quarterbacks going off the board earlier than expected maybe. Um, so that would be in the Colts' favor. Now the price, um, I, I don't ever like to speculate on it because it's hard. Um, but what I can do is kind of show what the other trades have looked like over the years. Um, in recent memory, the San Francisco 49ers traded up from 12 to three in 2021 to select Mm. Trey Lance. And they gave up the 12th pick in that draft, their first, the next year in a third in 2023. So so wait, a first, a 12. So they they swap a future first. they, They swapped their first. And and a first in twenty twenty three, so three firsts in total for one first. Oh, and see, I didn't a hit third okay. and a third in twenty twenty two. Wait, so so they gave up? They swapped. They gave up a first in twenty twenty two, and a first and a first in twenty twenty three, and twenty and a third in twenty twenty three. In twenty twenty two, this is the third. Oh, so it's a first and third in twenty twenty two, and a first in twenty twenty three. And swapped in 2021. Now That's 12 not... is 12 is a bit farther. 12 is, but sheesh, man. But, so that is a recent trade up for a quarterback. Now that's the thing with the Bears; they're going to want to trade with a team that is looking for a quarterback because they can up the price. And that's the thing too; they they probably look at the teams that's further back because you're going to get more, now, unless they want to stay up early. You know, stay it'll up. Just, they, it'll just it'll. It'll be all about a specific person. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, That's rich, man. If the Bears were at three, let's say the Bears were at three, and let's say the Colts are at seven, would you get rid of the seven, two future firsts? Let's not even talk about the third. Let's just take that out. Would you give up the seven and two future firsts to take the third – the third quarterback in this class. A seven. A seven and and two future firsts. Because you'd be giving no. up the seven, and then I mean, talking about the Trey Lance trade, it'd be two future firsts. No. 
Because I wouldn't do that either. Now, would you do, do it? it? Would you do it if you were getting QB two on the board? So you're getting Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? Yeah, you would, would. do it. Yeah, I would do it. I would. Because if, 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 if I three, really felt like that was the guy, if I really feel like that was the guy, yeah, can't put a price tag on that. I feel like three is a reach, though. You know, based off all of that, you're giving up. You can't afford to. That's not nothing I can afford to be wrong on. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's the type of trades get you fired. If I, which I mean, if it's Chris Ballard in the seat, who, who he's he's already on the seat anyway. So. Oh, so it won't even matter. Yeah, maybe 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 he just has to try it to try it. But uh, uh, if you're at seven to get to three, I would not get rid of three first either. I think your selling That's pitch smart. to Chicago in that situation would be you are still going to get a prime player at seven, and I would throw in one future first, and then maybe. A third in there somewhere. Yeah, somehow. I, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll the Colts do that. are gonna the Colts are gonna have two thirds this year, so you could probably do that in a sense. But I just I couldn't give up three first, and unless I knew the team, unless the quarterback that I had at one is at three. Yeah, I, as I'm, the GM, I'm, I'm with that. I, I understand that. I I agree with that. I'm not willing to give up. A two future first, along with swapping a lot. first for the third best quarter. No, I can't do it. That's a okay. Lot. Our next question is from our good buddy Patrick Rye. The Colts are setting themselves up to have early picks in every round of the draft this year. If the team decides to retain Ballard, what are the chances he traded back to stack picks? And what positions would you want addressed in the second and third rounds? So he didn't specify. I'm assuming he's saying trade back in round one. I think is what he was saying. Yeah, I think that is what he's saying. And I'm way out. <laughs> I was say I I, ha- I I don't think he could afford to trade back in round one. Now, if if it's Chris Bauer specifically trading back on day two to get more day two picks is his specialty. It's what, it, it's what he does. So I would expect there to be trade backs to be able to stack picks and get other things going. Um. But yeah, I I do not think they would go. I am out on the trade back of any sort in the first round. Uh, I've done it. I put up with Ballard's crap for long enough with it. And now Get the I'm, guy. Also, I, I'm kind of backtracking a second. We don't have two thirds this year. We gave up our third in this year to Denver to trade up. So for we Nick just Cross yeah, we just year. have Washington's third. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have Washington. Yeah, we'll have Washington's third from the Carson Wentz trade from him not hitting seventy five percent snaps. Um, who did get activated today off the IR for people who are watching? Uh, <laughs> over there in Washington, he will be backing up Taylor Heineke. Um, but yeah, I I'm all the way out on trading back in the first. But especially if we only have one third now, I would expect to see a few trade backs for a Chris Ballard regime to get some more picks. Yeah. Easy. Um, next up here, um, this is from Ty Bob. We have had his questions before, so you don't got to worry mm-hmm. about his at. Um, I guess OBJ wanted too much, so the Cowboys settled with Ty. How much do you think OBJ wants, and what are the odds that the next GM signs a big name free agent receiver in the off season? Um, OBJ, man, uh, is from. It's pretty much what we've been saying this whole time since this off season. OBJ wanted a multi-year deal. It's the same thing I heard, same thing Destin heard. We didn't had many, many, many conversations about it until we blew in the face. And nobody wanted to offer it. 
Nobody wanted to offer it in the offseason. Uh, teams told him that they will be back in touch with him when it's closer t- to the time it, it's time for him to come back. And now we're seeing that recently. But I think teams are still just hesitant to offer it. So that's where the kind of standstill is with it. I don't think he's being picky about really where he wants to go. It's just it's the team really ready to offer a multi-year deal. Hell, he'd probably go play for for the Texans if they was offering a three-year deal with the right amount of money. I, I, he just wants financial security. I can't blame him with his injury history and everything that he's been through. A uh, great guy. Like I said, I got to speak to him after his Super Bowl win, right when he tore his ACL. Uh, he was in good spirit. Um, he's from the crib, from New Orleans, so I support him immensely. But I I just don't see it. You know, with where the Colts are right now and, and things they're focusing on, I just think they have other things that they're trying to get in order than to, than to worry about OBJ. The new GM, I, I have no idea who it is, so I can't even put an odds on it of what's the odds they will sign him because I have no idea who the new GM would be. I just know Chris Ballard. If it, if, it, if it makes it easier for you, um, I'm going to read you off the 2023 receiver free agents, and you're going to understand why there's no possible way to say yes. Okay. Nelson Aguilar, Sterling Shepard, DJ Shark, Randall Cobb, Marvin Jones, Julio Jones, Pri- Byron Pringle, Alan Lazard, Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers could be a fun guy to get. Don't get me wrong. Juju Smith-Schuster, Jarvis Landry, Nikhil Harry, Ashton Doolin, Indianapolis Colt, Paris Campbell, Keelan Cole. Uh, are, you, are you getting my drift here? So there are no big names for you. <laughs> <laughs> offseason. I am, okay. I'm willing to say that no one will be signing a big name free unless agent he, receiver. Unless an emergency cut happens. you know. I can see Jacoby that- Myers getting a Christian Kirk deal, though. I don't even know if that would classify as a big name free agent. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, be a before this year, but before this year, Christian Kirk was a C plus B tier guy. He's done well in Jacksonville. Don't get me he wrong. Is. People, people were shutting that signing. He has been a lot. He's meant a lot to Jacksonville this year. Jacoby Myers has shown a lot in New England this year. And if he's oh, gonna yeah. be, if he's gonna be the cream of the crop receiver on the free agency market, he may, he may get a bag. Now he's gonna get a bag, but my God, I couldn't imagine ponying up that kind of money for Jacoby Myers. Well, I think he's a very fun player. I just don't think he's the type of fun player you spend, you give damn near twenty million dollars a year to, at where the Colts are right now. You know, it's different if you feel like you're a receiver away, then you go get a guy like that that maybe can help put you over the top. But hell no. Uh, so the answer is no. That's the answer. Uh, a big name free agent will not be available unless unless he's cut due to financial reasons. Well, we've seen that in the past. Big name guys that you know is making a ton of money. A team can't afford to keep him around because they have to shave salary cap and, and he's cut. And I can see a situation like that maybe occurring, but it's bare, man. It is bare. not 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 the year to want a receiver in free agency. That, that is for sure. Um, the OBJTY situation. I don't think I would say Dallas settled for T.Y. Hilton. Um, I just think they were not comfortable signing OBJ, and he wouldn't play before the playoffs. Um, Odell Beckham has no interest playing before the playoffs. He's made that vocal. He wants to 
be out there ready to go for a playoff push. Um, I think Dallas wanted to get a guy, get them ready to go. Dallas has seen that only one game is guaranteed in the playoffs countless times over the last decade. It doesn't matter how good the team looks. doesn't matter anything. You were only guaranteed one game. You have to win to advance. So I, I could understand why a team like Dallas would not want to go into the playoffs and have to move Odell Beckham into the rotation and just hope for the best week one. Um, whereas, like, I think a team like Buffalo could be one to watch. Um, I wouldn't sleep on, like, a Kansas City um, situation where they would have that by the first week. They could kind of spend some extra time getting him prepared, making sure the playbook's known, get him on the same page with a guy like Mahomes. So I think it just came down to Dallas that they wanted a guy they could get in the building, they could start working with, and he and T.Y. Hilton's ready to go. He said it. Um, he, he is ready to play as soon as Dallas will let him, and I think Dallas will. I think Dallas will kind of put him out there, and he'll run as that three-slash-four receiver. Um, it'll be a fun rotation there with CeeDee Lamb, Noah Brown, Michael Gallup and T.Y. Um, I'm interested to see what he has left in the tank. I'm, I'm interested. So um, happy for T.Y. But yeah, I don't think Dallas settled and I don't think any GM will be signing a big name free agent. I agree. I, I pretty much feel the same way. Uh, like I said, T.Y. Is, is a lot more cost efficient than Odell Beckham Jr. is right now. Uh, you don't have to make the commitment to him over multiple years. Sure, he's not as talented. But he'll give you something, and he'll give you something that your offense is missing. So uh, uh, hopefully T.Y. goes off over there, man. I'm wishing him the best. Uh, shout out to Marlon Mack, who had a big, big-time touchdown uh, just this past week. I think it was a screenplay he took for about 50, 60 yards, something like that. So shout out to Marlon, man. Former former Colts making are producing everywhere. Um so the next question looks like this guy added you specifically. If you want to read it for him, oh, did did he? Let me let me take a look at it. Beasy the mogul. Oh, Beasy the mogul at nine one two Colts fans. Is that you guys' area code? That's, That's my guess. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's not here. Oh, okay. I, I was assuming nine one two is the area code for wherever he's at. That's for sure area code. It I just is don't not. Know one it it is. is not Indy. Oh, Savannah, Georgia. I see it on his page. There you go. And I stayed in. Well, I stayed in Marietta. It was. Uh, so he's close to you. Four, 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 four. Yeah, he's close to me. Southside guy. His question is: uh, Do you think this team would have been good with last year's offense performance and this year's defense? Because as I recall. It was the defense giving up a bunch of leads last year. What do you think about that? Would the team be better with last year's offense? I mean, last there's, last year's offense is better than this year's offense. So I guess the team would be better. I think the thing people forget, that, though, is is down the stretch last year, we were very, very run game dependent. Yeah, they had to take it out. They um, and, took it out, Carson Sands. And sure. that became a problem. And that was not going to get you into January football. It just wasn't. Um, so, I mean, we'd be better. I don't think we would be in a playoff situation if Carson Wentz was the quarterback still and we had last year's offense. 
I, I think there are more issues than just that. Um, so I, I think in the long run, this this season's going to look like a blessing in disguise because they're going to be able to get a lot of things right that I think otherwise would have taken some time that they would have fixed things during, like slowly. Whereas I think things are going to have to get made way faster mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I mean, if we're just taking strictly the performance of the offense from last year and setting it on this year's team, yeah, I think we would be better. I, I think we'd be better if we just had just in league average offense. If we were smack dead in the middle at number 16 or, or 17, depending on where you want to slot it, uh, I think this team would be a playoff contender. In the AFC South contender, I'll say that. You know, I think we'd be right up there fighting with Tennessee, but the offense – it's just been so abysmal, you know. We're just pretty much a a shell of what we was last year. And last year we folded down the stretch, which is ridiculous. We don't we don't gotta so, get it. We don't we don't gotta get into the fold last year. I'm already I'm already depressed from this year, Rashad. We don't gotta get into it. Oh, and now one too close, fan. I give you uh I give you ad name a six and a half for sure. Six and a half. So, I'm gonna give you a seven since you're from the south and I'm a southern southern guy. Nine one two Colts I'm fan. I'm reading that basically as Savannah, Georgia Colts fan. So putting on for your area, always respecting that. So I'm gonna give it a seven. I mean, Colts fan nine one two. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so seven, and then we basically answered the question already. And then going on here to a guy who has had multiple questions on here, Poppy nineteen at Dito Richards. Also, can you guys discuss the pros and cons for the Colts starting a rookie quarterback? I say start him right away. I use Jordan Love as an example. When he finally plays full-time, people will say he needs more reps to get better. Would you waste valuable years sitting Anthony Richardson? I like how he said rookie quarterback at first, like he was going to let it be open to interpretation on who it was just to throw Anthony Richardson in at the end. Some people, you know, they reveal themselves. They reveal their hidden agendas. If you just listen to them talk enough, you just let them go off. They eventually tell. They eventually tell on themselves. But um, no, uh, I'm I'm not in agreement with this. Uh, I would not start. And if it was, let's just use your guy since this is the guy you suggested, Anthony Richardson. Um, you don't want to just throw a guy out there because for once you can you can ruin a guy. You can damage, you can kill his confidence, you can literally break him, you can get him hurt. Uh, if a guy has no idea what he's doing, it, you can tell pretty quickly. You you will see it. The game's moving entirely too fast for him. He's not able to process anything. Doesn't know where to go with the ball. And these are not things that you can just tell a guy and he's going to go out there and do it. It's, a, it's something that he needs to sit down. He needs to watch. He needs to go through a game week. He needs to learn how to prepare for a game. It's so many layers and so many things that go into being a quarterback in the NFL. It is the hardest position in in sports, period. Not just football. I believe quarterback is the hardest position in all of sports, and it literally takes time. And what you don't want to do is rush a guy out there, get him hurt, ruin his confidence, ha- have him not believing in himself and in, in his abilities, and now he's thinking about everything instead of just going out there and naturally playing because he's properly prepared. So uh, that's one thing that I, I worry about with Anthony Richardson, whether you're sitting him for eight games or 10 games or the, to the bye week or 
even the first season. You know, I, I think it does has to be a sitting process for him, a learning process, a development process before he's ready to play. Now, maybe it, it won't be that long. Uh, maybe an injury happened and he's thrust in early. Then, you know, that's out of your control. But I think you need to do everything you can to set him up for success early instead of just tossing him into the fire where something goes wrong or a couple of things goes wrong and, and his confidence is damaged for the long term. Yeah, I think it just kind of depends on the quarterback. Now, I don't think any quarterback that you're drafting in the first round should be in the Jordan Love situation where you are sitting him for three seasons, essentially. Um, that can't happen, in my opinion. Um, I understand the Packers tried to go the old Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers approach. It worked for them in the past. Um, I don't think that is the route to go, but I do think – there is something that can be earned and learned by being able to be that quarterback to have the clipboard on the sideline, getting to kind of work on some things that you're not there at yet before getting thrown against NFL defenses and having to do it with that. Um, but the Jordan love situation is a good, is a good point that he brings up because you can't wait that long. Um, no, now there, not, there, not al- at all. there also is the situation <laughs> where, if you do decide to start someone else, once you give the rookie the keys, in my opinion, you do not bench him because a rookie struggles. Once you make the decision to let a rookie play in that first year, you need to go all in on that. And that is the decision you made for better or worse, um, which is a funny wording to use. But let's use Justin Fields, for example. The Bears decided to bench him last season for Anthony Dalton after some poor performances. Just just an absolute shit show. You you can't do that. You don't want to shoot a guy, a young guy's confidence early and make him feel less than himself. I mean, you've you've heard Tua talk about it a lot that his confidence was a big issue that he was having before this year. And the Dolphins were basically using Ryan Fitzpatrick as like a closer in the NFL, where they would just let that guy play in the fourth quarter. And I've never seen anything like that before before that. But to me, it's just you got to make the decision and roll with it. Yeah, man. I, I, you're at that point with Jordan Love where it's entirely too long. You know, he missed a big chunk of time that he could have been developing with reps. You know, a guy like Anthony Richardson, I, I know he needs reps, but you can simulate some of those, you know, get him some in the training camp, get him some in the preseason. And in a couple blowouts, whether you're on either end of the blowout, you know, you can sneak, put him in and get him some reps there. You know, it, it'll be a situations that will arise where you can get him some reps, but it's most importantly that he learns and he's constantly developing mentally and, and physically for, for this big step. You know, this is not something you need to rush. He's going to be, if, hopefully if you're right about him, he's going to be around for the next 10 to 12 years. You want to be take your time with this situation. It's not an overnight thing, you know. Um, I think that's all for us as far as these questions. Destin, do you have anything that you want to mention before we get up out of here? I know we'll be back in a couple of days. Um, I will just say that I am expecting some questions about how the Colts can beat the Vikings for Thursday. Okay, just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I do want to hear some questions about the play of this team and some things to watch for for this Saturday's game because we're back on primetime, baby, Saturday at 1 wow. p.m. Wow. Are, is it still 1 p.m., Kirk, if it's not on a Sunday? 
Like, like, does yes. it? Does it cancel out a little bit? Sunday. It's not one p.m. Sunday. It's just one p.m. It. Kirk. Because one p.m. Kirk is an elite quarterback, right? Primetime Kirk is a below average quarterback. This is mm-hmm. a prime time one p.m. slot. Yeah. Uh, uh, so are, are, are we gonna get an average Kirk game? Like, what does that look like? What does average Kirk? He was. He made some. Incredible he, throws. They last. lost to Detroit, but that boy yeah. he he had four hundred some yards. Now, now Jefferson Jay Jettas had two hundred and twenty himself. But uh spoiler alert: my behind enemy lines article this week will be about Justin Jefferson and not for, anyone else. The first paragraph: How can the Colts stop Justin Jefferson? They won't. Next, next paragraph: They can't. <laughs> you you, you can't. Third paragraph: Pray. I'm just gonna come up with a whole bunch of. The ways you can stop him. How do you Lock stop him? Justin Jefferson? He's ruled out before the game starts. <laughs> Lock him in his hotel. Uh, I'm just going to have a whole bunch of ways the coach can physically keep him from coming to the stadium. But that's it, man. That's it. This has been another episode of the Saddle Up Show. We want to thank you guys again. Uh, this show has been brought to you by Stampede Blue, of course, the official Colts coverage for SB Nation. We will see y'all again Thursday. Peace.